installment of the Emmy Coco show this is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches music interviews and games I'm your host Yemi Coco aka Colette Prosper I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker on this show we talk about everything um, but this week we talked about a lot of things I talked to Julie Mandel Folly She's a writer on the show Minx on HBO. It's so funny. She's a, also a writer on Welcome to Flatch on Fox and Hulu. Also so funny. Uh, we talk a lot. Uh, so there's no games in this episode. Uh, here's an old sketch that I'm going to put in, in in just a minute. But um, in the meantime, if you like the show, give it five stars. Why not? Do a good deed for the month of April. Um it helps people to find the show. So let's kick things off with a sketch. And it's an oldie but goodie. Um, I have a very busy week. Uh, the guys are home for spring break. So you're going to have to deal with an old sketch. And it's called Chef's Off. Sketch. Sketch. It's Chef Off, the show where we decide who's good enough to exist. I'm your host, Kylie Hunter. To recap, Annie from a small, forgotten town. Oh, I'm here with Alice. <laughs> right. She's competing against Justin Time from Greenwich, Connecticut. Fun fact, Justin's family owns this very network. Nice. Why is this relevant? I mean, I don't understand how this... Well... Actually, we own the conglomerate that owns this network. Oh, right. I, I, I was just... No, no, you're, you're great. I know it's hard for you to get. Let's just move on, shall we? Okay, thank you so much, Justin. I mean, sir. Now, time for the judges to judge our chef. I see the judges loving Mr. Just Celery smeared with... Yes, this almond butter is amazing. Ah. Yes, I smeared it on myself. Ooh. Love it. It's so inventive. I... That was bullshit. I made a quail. Excuse me, Annie. Can you wait your turn? Yes, but I'm feeling like this is a little unfair. Feelings? Feelings? Is, is this a show about cooking or is this a show about feelings? You're right. You're right. Grow up, Annie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Moving to... on. Judge, what do you think about Annie's. What is this again? Well, it's a quail with berry compote. Oh! oh and a little bit of. Tasting sage? Um, well, yes. I tried to incorporate I hate sage. Kylie? It's Kaylee. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's okay. Can you confirm it's sage? Yikes. Heavy on the sage there. Well, actually, it's marjoram. Oh, um, that's right. How silly. Yes. My palate is so rusty, you know, despite the decades of 
as president of the World Culinary no Federation. No problem. It happens when you're brought up in a society where your taste buds are disadvantaged. What's happening? And it's not marjoram. You're right about the sage. Annie, enough. Why is it so important for you to be right because about what seasoning? I made it. Well, that's just your opinion, isn't it? I'm being gaslighted, and so are uh, all of you. Who cares? Why am I being attacked? Uh, no, no, dear, you disrespect my quail. Security, uh, audience, it appears uh, we have Join us next time on Chef Talk. gonna do it okay let's let's do it <laughs> so thank also you so nice to see you it's very and nice to see, to you. see yeah. you yeah nice to meet you thank you so much for doing this of course of course it's my pleasure um so okay so we'll just start uh okay awesome let's get into my talk with comedy writer julie mandel folly hey julie Hi, Colette. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for being here. This is incredible. Um, you know, I, I want to talk to you about staffing season. I don't know shit about staffing season. I'm an emerging writer. Um, I want to know about development season, pitching, um, you know, how to get it on the right path, if that's even possible, if there there's like no formula. Um, but like one of the reasons um, why I wanted to talk to you is that uh, Amy Aniobi, I was in her talent incubator. She's one of, she's an, a mentor of mine. Uh, one of her like big advice um, for all of us was that, you know, we should find at least three people in the industry that we admire um, that have a career path that we hope to follow. So um, you have a career path that I hope to follow. <laughs> oh man, that's so nice. So it's kind of like a like a big sister, little sister chat. Um, and uh, and it's it's more about like um, you know how did you get your start? What like what what staffing season is like for you? Because like right now, like you've not worked on one but like two major shows that are, that are currently airing minx on hbo and then also now welcome to flatch which is on hp which is on sorry on fox and and hulu so we're gonna get to that too but like um you know as as i you know i'm an admirer of yours is there someone out there in the industry right now that's exciting you and 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 that um is has been inspiring you yeah i mean Amy Aniobi is, of course, yeah, killing it, and her career is so like impressive and enviable, and and I just I'm obsessed with everything she does. Me too. Yeah, uh, she's definitely she's, on my um, admiration list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and she has a new podcast out too. She does. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh it's God, all in like excited. wellness and joy, like finding joy. That sounds really nice. I'm always in search of joy. Yes. <laughs> 
we'll talk about constantly that chasing that dragon um <laughs> who else do i do i admire i mean i think there are people that whose careers i'm just like holy shit yeah how did you do that like janixa bravo right yeah now, I'm, I'm addicted to i'm obsessed with impeccable her. taste impeccable taste i recently saw her at a farmer's market wow. and i always told myself that if i ever saw her i'd go up to her yes and I didn't. I punked out in such a big way. It was just like, it was on Melrose Place. It was so overwhelming. I was overwhelmed yeah. already. Yeah. I feel like she was, I wasn't Is it the like, Fairfax hmm. Market? No, I live actually right by that. It's the Melrose Place Farmer's Market, which is like such a scene. Wow. It's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Wow. Because um, it's funny because like I hear Merrill's Place and I'm thinking Aaron Spelling, like I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm thinking like soap opera. But this was yeah. like, um, this is like a some kind of dra- uh, parking lot where they they have like it's, stands it's yeah it's literally on melrose place like uh-huh. where the alfred coffee is and all those fashion houses are wow. but on sundays it's a farmer's market it's so demented um yeah and you're just like okay sure and everyone's like impeccably dressed to buy tomatoes yeah or it's like a bunch of people in like very expensive athleisure you know what i nice. mean like people who like look like shit but you know their clothes are so expensive wow um Genix looks impeccable she looks perfect she had like her little like jaunty hat on was she she with sam her no she wasn't with sam she wasn't with jeremy she was by herself i was just like i was like nudging my friend i was like that's her yeah um so i think her career i think is is perfect you know she's done so many things that i you know i'm not a director i'm Mm -hmm. not i don't even i i think someday i'd like to direct but you know, what I love about her is that she tells stories, you know, from the black gaze. Yeah. I think in such in such a smart way where I think white audiences don't know that that's happening until someone explains it to them. Yeah. Like, oh, that's why that's that's why we're doing this. And I as as a black person who grew up in predominantly white spaces, like that always, you know, her her work just really like wrinkles my brain and I'm like, okay, that's that's what I want to do. Um, but I mean, she, I know she went to, she went to film school. She Mm -hmm. went to acting school. She's had just such a diverse CV, you know? Yeah. Um, And she's worked in the, I want to say some, something design related. Like she's, yeah. yeah, Like interior design or fashion or something. Yeah. Yeah. So which is why she looks. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing style. Everything about her. I'm just like. You know, exactly. She's the only person I would ever in my life go up to and be like, you're everything to me. Yeah. But then it's like, do you, because like, I I remember, um, I do that. Like, I'll go up to people. Mm -hmm. I'll take a chance. Even if it's like, if I'm a total dork, I'll just do it. Um, For, uh, I went to a party and I saw Yvonne Orji. And my my go to thing was like, OK, because like, you know, from I, I I told you that my family's from Haiti and mm-hmm. Haitian people are very good connectors. We connect dots. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to tell her I'm one of Amy's mentees. That's how I'm going to approach her. Yes. So I go to Did her for a second but then i was like a bumbling idiot i was like i, I love you uh bamboo bamboo by jesus i i love your book I, I love you i never read her book but i just know her i know her stand up i know her acting yeah. and she was like uh, you're sweet 
you're very sweet. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, oh, well, I just wanted to say hi. So thank you. And uh, and then someone that she was with stopped me and was like, oh, well, wait, wait. If you're one of Amy's mentees, then I need to read your work. <gasps> yes. See? That's how you do it. And I was like, that's... hi. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's honestly a good lesson to me because I am incredibly shy, yeah. like in public Same. and like talking to new people mm -hmm. like that's why I don't go up that's why I'm like I would never go up to someone because I but people like to be told that you like their stuff you know what yeah. I mean like that's a pretty universal feeling but, but like, not like fawning like foaming at the mouth like Whoa, I don't know I get you never know some people are real freaks some people want that you know <laughs> like Will that. Smith might want that I guarantee <laughs> you he wants that. Oh, my God. The world has changed so much. Whoa, oh, my God. <laughs> post -slap, anyway, in this post-slap post Hollywood. This, yeah, P.S. world. <laughs> you know, when I think about it, I feel like he – my husband thinks he was method acting. Like, he was just kind of like, what would Richard Williams do? And then went and mm -hmm. went for the slap. My thing is that he's method acting like he's still on 80s sitcoms where you could walk up to somebody who's being, you know, wrong mm -hmm. and slap them. And then the crowd, you know, there's that audience <laughs> clap, like on different strokes or something. Like, yes. that's what I'm thinking that Ooh. he thought. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. When he's in 2022 and people are horrified. People are, people are horrified. I think that's honestly a very good take. That makes a lot of sense to me. My, I think that he's been method acting Will Smith since the <laughs> early '80s, and now he's like, "Who am I?" He's just like reacting. Crisis. You know, I think he's having an existential crisis. I think he like lives in a constant existential crisis. I think like Ooh. it's. I think that we all don't un, un know how hard it is to be Will Smith. Yeah, I you mean, know? he wrote the memoir about it. Like, we should have all read it. Yeah, I just remember the 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 part that I probably shouldn't say on your podcast, but <laughs> where he's like, every time I have an orgasm, I puke, you know? Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. No, you can say anything <laughs> yeah, okay. here, and I have talked about it. Um, Great, fantastic. Was one Not the... <laughs> in the episodes that I listened to, but fantastic. Yeah, that was one of his, uh, I guess, humble brags. Was that, yeah. <laughs> if that's a humble brag. Yeah. I, I, I come so much, I throw I wish. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Should we all be so lucky? Becoming so hard and so much that we're puking. Yeah, it feels to so get good. fluids at the hospital. Yeah. We're puking so much. Yes. Yeah. How do you tell I, your I doctor that? <laughs> I don't know. I think that he would tell his doctor that with no shame. I think he'd be like, listen, doc, here's the, you know, you know, doctor, you know how it goes. <laughs> relatable thing that happens to us all yeah just people just throwing it at me and i i just don't know what to do so i have to fuck them and and then uh i throw up yeah the circle of life yes and he's like oh this yeah. is what's called a and uh, there's you know definition yeah here's your prescription so yeah and then it all leads all roads lead to you know slapping somebody at the at the oscars, at the oscars you know i think that being a celebrity is like a disease you know I, I don't think I think it's like way too much to put on a person I think that nobody's supposed to be scrutinized this much yeah I think they're all under like an enormous amount I mean they're not like coal miners but like I think they're under like enormous amounts of pressure <laughs> in their like day-to-day -day workplace 
and people break. I don't know. People people freak out. But that's I freak out. Yeah. I don't freak out like that, but like I you know, I shit happens shit happens is that a bad take i, I don't know that's yeah. not like a hot yeah. not the hottest take but i think like shit happens yeah you know it's um i i i was under i, I was going through some kind of like like kind of shame spiral and i was like what am i gonna do i i need i need to read something so i um you know went to my audible and mm -hmm. i started listening to you are a badass because uh -huh. i was like i this is this is what i need right now post will smith slapping this is pre-slap okay. but okay. i think what what prepared me i think what best prepared me for the will smith slap was listening to an episode of ghost of a podcast because in ghost of a podcast she said be careful of your your feelings of scarcity your um because she was she predicted that like in the you know astrology um and i you know i and it's like i'm a cynic and and she's a she's like i'm a, a astro uh, astrologer and an animal communicator and i'm like i listen to it every it's like yeah. church to me anyway but she kind of <laughs> predicted this that like um you know we we have to i i wrote it down too i think in my my journal because it was like something about like you're going to feel like you're you're losing agency or something like that and be you know be mindful and and remember um kind of like remember who you are and mm. and he didn't he forgot who he was in his yes. in his crisis he, yeah. this all roads like he's worked i don't know his whole life for that moment to win a best actor oscar and in that moment just like 15 minutes before they were going to announce the award all he had to do was just laugh it off he could have got up and walked away he could have what i thought he was going to do the cute thing was like put his arm around chris rock and be like you know that's my wife yes people would have laughed it would have been, um, you know, black Twitter would have loved that. And then sat back down. Chris Rock would have done some riffing. I, you know, God, there's so much to unpack. Yeah. With this. It's like layer after layer after layer. But I. Oh, but, but I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But but, but also pre-slap when I was listening to the badass oh, yeah. book, she she mentioned that like when we get into our head and she she used the um uh the example of I, I think like doing an exercise or something or like when I'm in Pilates and I'm, I'm doing a, a, a plank and I realize like oh shit I'm doing a plank and then I fall out of it so it, I think she used the 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 connection of like uh yoga like when you're doing an exercise and you're like oh shit I'm upside down and then you realize so it was almost like that like he got into his head and then you know, vomited, you know, verbally <laughs> came and he vomited. <laughs> came and vomited. Yeah. It's like, you get the yips. It's like you, you trip yourself up. And I think that like, I know that's like a sports metaphor and I've never, I've never heard yips, but I, I love it. Yeah. It's like when you're, you're doing something that you've done a million times and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm doing the thing. It's like how Simone Biles was falling out of her flips. You know? Oh it's, yeah. It's that, like, it's that I think it's the same. I'm not an athlete. Yeah, at all. I feel like I know that term from like happy endings. There's an episode where they get the yips, but like that's a great show. I, also, Amy and Ubi. That, yes. that's one of her first her first shows that she worked on. It's a gorge. I I that was one of the ones for me that I was like, all right, this is a thing I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like, did Will Smith forget himself, or is that who he is? And he's like 
we're all putting on all these airs at the Oscars and this and that. And it's like, yeah, sometimes you lose your cool and slap people. You know, like, I I mean, I don't, but like, no. I, I, I don't surround myself with people who do, but like, or do and I you? Also think, do or, you? Or, you don't know. I don't know. I really hope not. I hope it doesn't, if, I can't imagine anybody I know doing that. Like, I wonder if there's so a fear in, in Hollywood, um, you know, amongst these, like, you know, these people, there's like, is, is he going to slap me? Is this, is she going to slap me? Like, probably, <laughs> probably. I also think next? that if, who's going to, what black person <laughs> is going to go off and slap me next? It's, oh, it's bad. Oh, it's so bad. But I also think that if he'd just gone there, up there and like put his arm around Chris Roth, we'd still be saying like, well, how do black women need to be protected in those moments? Is yes. that the best way for a black woman to be protected? I, that's been the big question for me is like, if I'd been in that position, what would I have wanted my husband to do? I don't have an answer. I, I don't have, I have, I've been thinking about it for a couple of days and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think it was that. No. <laughs> I don't think it was that. But I also don't think I would have felt good if he got up on stage and was like jocular about it. That too. So I don't know. I really like, I, I just think there are so many people so much smarter than me who are going to come to a much better conclusion. And I think there are so many things that happened that were true all at the same time. Like it was a bad joke that he yes. shouldn't have made. He shouldn't have slapped him. White people shouldn't be talking about this at all. Yeah. I'm not interested in those opinions. Yeah. And it really sucked for everybody else who was supposed to have like an amazing moment after that at the office. He took all the air out of the room. He took all the air out of the room. But it's it's but that so I definitely admire Will Smith's career. Yes. I would say his is, he's my other mentor. That's the person. path that you want to follow. <laughs> I'm not slapping somebody at the Oscars in the next five years. Wrap it up. Yeah. Go back to Boston. Yes. Fuck this. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah because that's that's the thing if he was if he did the jocular route as you mentioned Jada is still left in the cold. Yeah. So either way it's a fucked up scene. Yeah, it's a fucked up scene no matter what. Yeah. I don't I yeah, it's it's all it's all fucked. And he was just like, "You know what? Fuck this. I'm going out swinging." And then they asked him to leave after, and he was just like, uh, no, thank you. And he just no for me, dog. I'm not leaving the Oscars. I worked too hard to get here. I worked too hard. I also watched King Richard. So I didn't watch it happen. I was like at a dinner in Long Beach because I had family in town. Yeah. And then I had a million texts when I got out. So I was like catching up afterwards. And then the next night I was like, well, I'm gonna watch King Richard. Like, let's see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> I don't know I haven't watched it yeah and it was really really bizarre to watch this movie about a man who's constantly on the verge of losing his cool oh have you seen it I haven't seen it yet no in like maybe the second scene of the movie there's a scene where he is being taunted by a bunch of people and they start throwing punches and he just takes it oh wow and it's like it was the most surreal thing to watch the day after yeah. The inverse happened on like the biggest stage. Oh, uh, which, which was... he he it trickled down to his daughters. Yeah, they're so resilient. Yeah, I mean, I didn't 
I'll be I didn't finish the movie I got very very tired it's a bit long <laughs> I liked it he was great but I also watched Macbeth twice and loved it and that was oh, like I have my, to see that too that was, Apple oh Plus oh I gotta see well, that it was so good oh wow um it was incredible so I I did not finish King Richard he does he does eventually lose his cool a couple times but yeah. it was just in light of of Sunday night, it was a very strange. It was a very strange watch. I think you should watch it. Yeah, I'm very curious to hear what you think. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I have been meaning to see it. I I love the Williams sisters, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to um to you know to see to see a little bit more about their lives. Um, and and I'm I'm sure he worked so hard. So I know that I he tell. gave a convincing performance. Um, I definitely will see it. But uh, but yeah, it's um, it's it's hard. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> it's gonna be it's hard. Gonna be hard. It's, gonna be, it's hard. gonna be hard. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, totally. I think at the root of it, I think that the production people. I mean, Will Packer. I don't. I mean, I don't know if this was his uh, choice or not to let Chris Rock come out on stage, no teleprompter. Um, they also did that for Kevin Costner, and that was like super bizarre. I don't know if yeah. you saw his moment too, where he I heard read about it. I like read it, and I was like, "Reel it in, babe," because he was starting <laughs> to talk about like adult movies, and you hear a giggle, like it's almost like he was going to say, "Oh," and then I came so much and I threw up. Like, <laughs> like I would have, I would have connected that to the adult movie, but he yeah. connected adult movies to being a kid cowboy movies yeah. and we were like okay that's not adult movie sir um so that was weird so it's just like they they let these people out like half cocked like just just go out man just shine just say what you want and it's like they have no they had no plan and then you know there you go this is what happens when you have no plan this is like a room full of people who his entire lives are built around getting more attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something crazy is going to happen if you give like actors free reign. I love actors. I love them. Of course. do this without them. Yeah. They're all. They say your words. Hilarious. They say my words. It's a crazy job to want to do. Yeah. But I wouldn't let them just like talk. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Oscars. no. He, here's your, that's here's why, what you say. Here's what you say. But that's why I have not produced the most watched Oscars of all time. That's why I'm just sitting here <laughs> yes. in my one bedroom apartment. That's why I'm not Will Packer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like Will Packer, I'm sure is going to get uh, called again because it was a hit. The yes. Oscars were a hit. Like, were a like hit. it or not. So, yeah. you know, he did. He did it. He 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 did that. <laughs> um so congrats to will Par- uh, packer uh shout out shout out to will big ups big ups um can i ask you a random uh question absolutely is there a favorite item that you've bought this year <gasps> that's such a lovely question that's a really good question um you know okay so this year i've gotten really into flowers nice actually um, also, I, Amy. <laughs> Amy too. Really? Yeah, Amy has. Oh my god. Amy has a flower lady that drops off flowers so that she can arrange them. Like she's in like Regency England. Like it's. This is what I've yes. been doing. Wow. I, but I'm buying my own. So I I got really at last year. I is that why you were at the Melrose Place Market for some flowers? I, got, I did get flowers that day. Wow. I I love 
arranging flowers. I've gotten really into that. I, at the end of last year, I started just kind of, I've always, I always kind of like pick up flowers at Trader Joe's or something, but I'll pick up like one, one flavor of flowers, just like one flower. And I started buying more and trying to arrange them. And then for my best friend's birthday this year, I got us like a flower class. Like I had a florist come and teach us how to make a centerpiece. Oh, wow. And since then, I've gotten really into flowers. Like I, I've gone a couple times to the flower market downtown on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to another farmer's market this week and got some flowers. So I think my, my favorite purchase this year has been every week. I buy myself a bunch of flowers and then I, it's this nice thing where it's like I buy them and then like at some point that day, like I, no matter what I'm doing, I have to, or they're going to die. I have to sit down and make something pretty. Like I have to just like cut and arrange and and I have to go and just like focus on this thing and make something pretty. That's so Um, wonderful. And then it also, I'm sure you're maybe just listening to music or you're just totally not there's no screen on. Yeah. You're just focused on these beautiful natural things in real life. Exactly. It's like this tactile thing that like exercises a part of my brain that I don't get to use that much. Yeah. Like I'm not, you know, we stare at screens all day. I, I'm not reading a book. I'm not looking at a screen. I'm not watching TV. Maybe I'll listen to a podcast while I'm doing it, but usually it's just music or something. And I just like stand and I, I cut and I arranged. I've got some vases and yeah, flowers have been my my favorite purchase this year. That's wonderful. That's so nice. I should start doing that. It's um, really Trader yeah. Joe's has an amazing selection, very affordable. Um after the pod, I'll give you some tips, you know, nice. you have to get into these flower tips right now, but there's so many like little tricks and tips to make them last longer and make them look pretty and how you arrange. What's, what's one, like, what's one tip though, that you could share like sugar. Do you put sugar in the water or something? I don't put sugar in the water. Uh-huh. I put like a, so you know, sometimes you'll get that packet. They'll, they'll come up with like a little packet. Uh-huh. You put a quarter of that in and then you change the water every couple of days and add a little bit more. Oh, you don't dump the whole powder in there. No, I've been I've been doing that. That's not what you do. Ooh. <laughs> that's not that's not what you do. I, I recently learned that. Also, don't it, when you're putting them in the water, you know there are going to be leaves on the stems. Don't let any of those leaves go below the water line. Oh, they'll rot the water. So make sure you're just putting raw dog in that stem into the water. No leaves, no thorns, just the stems. Do you have like proper scissors, or do you use just no. like, like whatever? I yeah. use whatever. I don't have real, I don't have like shears. I mean, I guess I use like my kitchen shears or like, yeah. but I've gotten extremely into this show. I'm trying to do it as a slow burn because there are only two seasons yeah. on HBO Max called Full Bloom. Yes, I've seen that. Gorgeous. Yeah. Perfect. British, British uh, reality show. American. Oh, it's actually. American. But they... It's American, uh-huh. but it's, I would assume that a British person did it first because it's so lovely, but. I'm it's... confusing it with the, the, um, the clay. The clay show yes. where they're they're making vases and stuff. Another fantastic, <laughs> another fantastic show. Um, that's the kind of reality. I don't like competitions. I, that's one of the reasons why I was okay not watching the Oscars is because I don't, I don't really enjoy watching award. I don't like watching people lose. I have a really hard time with that. Yeah, but then you miss um, the slap. I it, well, yeah, no, I fucked up in such a big way. <laughs> I missed so much. I feel like I'm the biggest idiot on earth. Um, but yeah, I love I love watching Full Bloom and just watching people do the their thing, and it's it's incredible. Are you watching Is It Cake? 
I'm not watching. Should I be watching Is It Cake? Yeah, because it, it's slightly competition, but it's it's basically these people that come on and they they create cakes that look like realistic things. So like uh-huh. a sewing machine or a uh, beach ball and then you have to guess is it cake it's so dumb but like, it sounds like a 30 rock joke <laughs> it is it totally is and it's mikey day hosting so it totally yeah. it's totally something that that she would have yeah. thought of and living as that a spoof. yes yes is but it's real okay I'm watch real that. yeah the only reality i watch is is uh in bloom nice. and real housewives that's all i can do um I can't do it yeah, I haven't. I, I, uh, it's been a while for me. I watched a little bit of their time in, um, I think it was like St. Lucia or something. They had the, um, it's on Peacock. Oh, Peacock. Yeah. I have not watched that. I have not watched that yet. I need to. Yeah. It's on my list. Yeah. I have to be in a real mood to watch Real Housewives. It's a special, it's a special mood for me. What's <laughs> so not in your flower mood? It's when you're in the opposite of the flower it's arranging. The, it's when I'm like, <laughs> At my house, I've decided to stay in for the night. I'm eating something weird, and I'm really, really stoned. That's when you watch Real Housewives. Yeah, you can't just like put it on, you know, and do your flowers. Something crazy will happen to the flowers if I watch Real Housewives during it. You have to be under the influence of of other things in order of to, other things, yes. and just like your mental state. You have to be in like a strong <laughs> mental state. Like you can't. I can't watch it before bed. It gets me too too jacked up. You know, it can't, it's not. It's, it's like, oh, Dorinda, just alchemy. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Why is she doing this? Don't get me started. Her arms. Dorinda. Why is she doing any of it? So, so is New York your favorite? Which Salt Lake City? Which, which I'm, one do you um, fuck with? I fuck with Potomac, I think is my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a big Potomac girl. Um, Karen Huger is everything to me. Um, Robin Dixon, perfect, perfect stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fuck with New York. I couldn't watch the last. I, I stopped watching the last season of New York. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do the racial stuff. Really, oh, with Ebony, with Ebony was too much. Yeah, I want to live. Ramona's in this world. terrible. Ramona's so terrible. Yeah, Ramona is a menace to Why? society. Why? <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm I'm addicted to her but like I don't want to see that's not why I'm watching this show you know what I mean like they're all awful I don't want I don't want I don't want to be learning I feel bad for Ebony but I'm also like why girl like why are you doing this for them like you're giving them a lot of your your time and energy yeah too much um so I I didn't finish that um Beverly Hills I fuck with Mm -hmm. Erica Jane Yes, Team America. Yeah, <laughs> even if I, even if she's lying, I'm still uh, like she has to. You be. are Roxy Hart. You're doing it. <laughs> you I are a it. pop icon. Yeah, she, she's a pop icon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like her, her husband did steal from those people, and did she, she know? Knew. Maybe she had to. She had to, but her performance of not knowing. <laughs> She should have been at that Oscars. She should have been at the Oscars, you know? Um, And then I fuck with Salt Lake City. Nice. As well. So chaotic. Everyone's flying so close to the sun. It's... (laughs) It's hot. It's... I mean, they have to. They're, like, up up in the mountains like that. (laughs) Like, what else do you do? Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, there's not nothing else you could do, but nothing just else? yeah, just I'll just kind of freak go out for it. all the time. So, um, but there's a connection to to uh, reality shows, especially at the Housewives and and writing. A lot of writers yes. love reality shows, yeah. um, and I I guess it's because you can you don't see the inner you don't see all the 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 background you don't see all the mm -hmm. inner workings like uh, the mechanics. I guess I guess. Um, what I'm saying is that a lot of writers will say that like they start to count beats and they start to think about what it took to make that show. And so it takes away from that the joy of it. And so they'd rather just watch reality TV. Is that your feeling? Sometimes, yeah. Especially with comedy, I find, you know, there if it's a comedy that I'm like, Oh, I could write that. Like, I want to write on that. Mm -hmm. Or not even if I want to write on that or it's, like, something that tonally makes sense to me. I have a hard time watching it. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess this is the joke I would have made or this is what I would have done. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that is so far removed from what I do, like The Righteous Gemstones. I'm obsessed with The Love Righteous it. Gemstones. It was so it's good so, this it's season. It's not my voice. It's so good this season. It's not my voice. It's not my world. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to say. Like, I can't. I can't follow those beats. Like I can't, I can't do that. Like yeah. it's, that's their thing. And I love watching that. Yeah. Like that I can just be like, to me, that's real housewives, you know, uh -huh. like that's, it's the same thing where I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know. Like these people are fucking crazy. Like, and it still like follows a format and I do understand that, but just in terms of tone, I'm just like, give it to me. Like, yeah, I'm not anticipating anything. And it's the same thing with real housewives where I'm not, you know, it's also all character, which is like I'm a very character first writer. Yeah. And just like watching these women be so consistent in the characters that they've created for this show. Yes. Whether or not that's really who they are. And then sometimes you see their real personalities peek out through the veneer. And they're also in this like Tinder box of like having to be around these people that they don't really like. Mm -hmm but they need to pretend they like, or at least coexist with for this paycheck. Yeah. And they're always talking about like this group of friends. And it's like, you're not friends. Like you're coworkers <laughs> and I'm addicted to it. Like you have to go on vacation. Like it's not a real workplace. It's so crazy. Yeah. Is, um, is, is it a, like essentially a workplace comedy? The, this is what I'm real saying. Housewives. Yes. Wow. Yes, wow. It's a workplace comedy. Oh my yes, God. This has been my credo for trying to convince people to watch these shows for years. It's like, these are coworkers. And their job is to pretend that they're friends for us. But their job is also to fight with each other. Yeah. So, like, and instead of standing next to the copier, you're at a cocktail party. And, exactly. Yeah. And someone's going to throw a drink. Like, and that's their job. <laughs> like, what's bad about that? Like, I don't, you know, people really, like, shit on it. And, like, people give me a lot of shit for watching these shows. But I'm like... This is some of the best this is art. character work. This is art. This is some of the best character work you're going to find on TV. And it's and it's just like a triumph of like producing and editing. Yeah. And then whatever like raw things that these women are bringing to the table. Yeah, because they're just going for it. I they, can't write that. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's no filtering. They're just uh, doing shit for the sake of, of doing it. And then, and then it gets cut into into a story. Yeah, or the, the whatever filter that there is is like 
their own self-imposed filter and that's their judgment. And none of them have great judgment because they're on this show. <laughs> so it's just like, it, it's a perfect storm of, it's it's perfect. To me, it is perfect. Wow. Real Housewives franchise. Um, so like, what is your writing process like? And then also, oh also I want to know, okay, so I wanted a writing process and I want to know like how you got into, because you were also, you were writing articles too um, before you started like actually working on shows. So I want to know about your writing process and then I want to know like how you got staffed on shows. Like, because you worked on Two Broke Girls, you've worked on the Mad About You reboot, you've done a lot of like really awesome things. Oh, thanks. Um, I, my process is a little, is chaotic, mm -hmm. I would say. I'm not, I love chaos. Okay, big chaos. Yeah. I'm not, Erica Jane approves also loves chaos. Yes. yes. I'm just trying to be Erica Jane. I just want to get my, <laughs> my turn on Broadway playing Roxy Hart. That's all, it's all any of us want. Yes. In this, in this crazy world. Um, my, my process mostly is thinking of an idea you know just like in my day-to-day -day life being mm -hmm. like okay like here's something that I think is interesting and thinking about it for a long time yeah. I'm not a writer who writes every day mm -hmm. I'm not a writer you know I don't have very good self-imposed discipline I have really bad ADHD uh -huh. <laughs> I have really bad anxiety Me and too. yeah I you know it's not the easiest process for me to produce something, mm -hmm. I do really well with deadlines. That's that my process is have I need a deadline. Yeah. Um, having a lot of time just to write is really difficult for me. Um, but usually it's like I have an idea or I have a character. And I start fleshing out the world. You know, that's kind of my where I start is fleshing out the world. Are you like journaling this this uh these like kernels of of, of ideas or are you yeah. like on your Google Docs like I'm in Google Docs usually, uh -huh. um, and just kind of filling out the world and writing little scenes and kind of finding the character's voice. That's usually where I start. Yeah. And just, you know, having a little kernel of, of a scene or an idea and kind of just fleshing it out. And yeah. Being like, okay, what is interesting about that? I take a lot of walks. Nice. A of Love a walk. Love a walk. Um, and then... I get down to, you know, and I think when it comes to a pilot, unless it's like a real, like a premise pilot, if it's just like, okay, I have these characters, I have this world, mm -hmm. anything can kind of get me a pilot. Like, so for this, I'm writing a pilot right now. It's an animated pilot. Mm -hmm. And I had the characters. Mm -hmm. I had kind of the tone. I had the world. And then the premise of the pilot came from, um, I have a friend who's also a writer. She's in New York. She's she's writing, working on a novel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll get on Zoom and we'll be like, okay, like we are writing today. And we'll do a five-minute warm-up and she'll do we'll do like a random word generator. Yeah. And it's very improv. It's very improv, which I Mind never took on improviser. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I've never I took one improv class in like middle school. I'm not, it's not a world that's like super familiar to me. But yeah. And then we'll both sit on Zoom privately you know, and write our timer for five minutes off of the random word generator. Yeah. And then we'll get back together and be like, okay, this is what I wrote. This is what you wrote. And then we'll put a timer on for like 50 minutes and just kind of sit there and work on whatever we wrote and then come back together at the end and talk about it. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it's really, really helpful. It's like, 
you know, like body doubling, you know, yeah, that term with like AD, like it's like having somebody else there while you're working, mm-hmm. which I find incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I got like the premise for this pilot I'm working on it from a random word generator. And I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, okay, this is how I'd like the pilot to start. I have the world. This is a great kickoff for this show. Yeah. So really anything can, you know, unless it's like a, a pilot where there is this very specific action and it's, it's, there's going to be a cliffhanger or something like that, that I, that is built into the story in a really significant way. Mm-hmm. For a comedy pilot, I feel like usually it's like um, I'm more talking about this world and I'm talking about these characters. So whatever is happening, you know, with a pilot, the question always is like, why today? Like, why are we meeting them today? Is the question I feel like I'm always answering in a pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have so for, to. The why now? Yeah. yeah. The why now is, yeah. is very important. Yeah. So I think, but for just like a comedy pilot that's more about the world than anything, I think that why now can, that idea can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I do an outline, just like scenes. I'm doing scene by scene. Yeah. Um, and just making sure everything's kind of built through. And then I write. I'm not, I don't, I, I find it really helpful to have, you know, a beat sheet and all those big tools when I'm working on a script for a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my own stuff, I have a little more leeway, I feel like, and I just need kind of a vaguer outline. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I write the scenes. Usually I'll do like a blah draft, mm-hmm. you know, like when you just like. Vomit me, draft. Keeping, vomit, keep, yeah. keeping with that theme of our yeah, earlier I'm, talk. We're coming. We're puking. It's a long place. I told it's all you, connected. You're coming. We're puking. There's everything. We're binging. We're purging. Yes. Um, yeah. Where I just am like hitting I'm you know maybe there's some jokes baked in but it's like I'm saying this because I'm mad at you and joke about this or this or that just to have something on the page yeah once I have something on the page I feel infinitely better the vomit draft may take me you know I prefer to do work all at once so I may do a whole vomit draft in a day just to like get through it yeah like there's something to me about revisiting something that's not done that I find like really anxiety inducing you want to just, just get like, it out of the way I just need to get it out yes, of the way I feel like that uh-huh you know and then take a day or two and then come back to it and then chip away at it scene by scene to be like okay this is what I need and this is what but having what the scene is about mm-hmm. already laid out and kind of the movement of it there I need that yeah um before I can go in and really really craft the jokes and craft everything else surrounding it and action lines and all of that um yeah and then I'll just I'll just chip away and try to make something that makes sense to someone who's not me and And, someone who's not my brain and then what's do you have like a joke formula uh do I have a joke formula not really I feel like the moment has to the moment has to work yeah I have to be able to I think that I have, I mean, we all have our own specific cadences and our, our, our specific way of talking. Yeah. <clears throat> and I can hear it just from just talking a little bit like I, you know, you have a very specific way of making things funny and everybody has that. And 
really making sure that the way I am funny and can be funny and the way these characters can be funny is making sense on the page. They don't all just sound like me. Yeah. They all sound like themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have a formula to that. I think you just have to hear it. I think you like, you have to hear it. You have to see it. You just say it out loud a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, no, I wish I had a more succinct answer for you, but I don't have a, I don't have a joke format. I think I just, um, usually the weirder, more specific, the better. Mm-hmm. I think specificity is important yeah. and balancing specificity with brevity, I think is, is my big, my big thing. Like how specific can I get without making it long and wordy and unwieldy? And it's um, especially, especially cause you were talking, you're talking about like have character driven stories. So it's like, if you have a clearly drawn character, that character is going to uh, tell specific kind of jokes so like jake johnson's character um is going to tell like in in minx is going to tell very specific kind of jokes um that play off of um the the lead um whose name is escaping me now ophelia ophelia love Ophelia but her but her character is uh is named um Joyce Joyce yes (laughs) Uh, so Joyce is (laughs) Joyce is uh she's an idealist um prude and and then Jake Johnson um is a pornographer who's been there done that and uh but he finds her uh very comical and alluring I'm sensing in the past couple episodes that I've watched that like he's gonna hook up with his secretary if or if they have not yet. I don't know. I don't know if you could tell me. But I'm like, there's some, there's some fire there. I'm like, what's going on? I'm watch. like, is he supposed to be looking at Joyce? But like, he's getting really close with the secretary. What's going on? I don't here? know. Stick around and watch episode oh. four and five and six out today. I OMG. I think maybe you get a little more backstory about them in episode uh oh uh oh they're fucking if i remember i don't know (laughs) keep watching and find out yeah answer in episode eight i don't know okay all right all right all right well yeah this 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 episode your your and i our chat our chat's going to come out next week so yes uh please check out the latest episodes of minx and and then you know every thursday every thursday there's going to be some more um Welcome to Flatch. I'm still early in the season, but one thing that connects both the shows, and I don't know if if uh, there was something because um, you know we're talking about people that we admire, is Paul Feig. Yeah. So is that how did you? Uh, I wanted to know about like how your first staffing job, but then I want to know about this. Where like you've gotten staff now on two really great uh, shows, um, both of which are connected to Paul Feig. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start at the beginning. That feels like a, yes. a very good place to start. Um, and this so, is how you would start your memoir. You'd start from the beginning. My, yeah, my memoir, That's That on That by Julie Mandelfall. Nice. Um, thank you so much. I just came up with that. Um, <laughs> That's that, that would be my it. title. I just came up with that. The Colette Prosper story. Yes. 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 I did just create a show the other day. Um, called just between us where i trick my white friends into saying things like a little racist or like a little like just between (laughs) us and 
then I and they're like, I can't everybody. say that. And they're like, I'm like, no, 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 just between us. I'm not going to tell anybody. Because <laughs> um, my friend was having a meltdown. She was doing a Chrissy Teigen impression. And she's like, I don't think I can do that. And I'm like, just do it. Just for us. Just for you and me. Why can't um, you do it, Chicky? I don't know how pissy it was sound. <laughs> I would think like that. It's like, oh, I'm just sitting. Luna. I can't oh. do it. She was doing such a good job. Um, but I was like, just between us. She thought it was like racist. Is it racist? She was like, I don't know if I can do a, do an impression of a woman of another race. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm not the arbiter of that, but just do it for me. Yeah. I, be I mean, as long as you're not that. like, um, you, I think it's fine. You I can tell her Colette too. thinks it's she fine. Got, Colette that she got really she bent out know. of shape about it. And then I was like, you're on a hidden camera show. And she got really bent out of shape. <laughs> Just between us. Just between us. Um, anyway, that's that. I'm putting on it on the internet. <laughs> I'm putting it on the internet. <laughs> With you your address. That. Yeah. <laughs> Seven or no, uh okay let's start at the beginning yeah so my name is julie i'm from newton massachusetts nice. <laughs> um, where, where i went to college and so i i went to skidmore college in upstate new york um while i was there i you know we didn't have a communications program we didn't have a tv program we didn't have any of that i was just an american studies um student mm-hmm. um and i kind of tricked them into letting me do a bunch of independent studies where i would read as many books as about TV writing as I could. Mm-hmm. I'd churn out a couple specs every semester. My advisor um, was uh, an amazing woman, Beck Crafting. She had been a stand-up um, before she moved into academia or done mm-hmm. both side by side. So she had an incredible comics. She has an incredible comic sensibility. I'm obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And she would read my specs and be like, okay, hey, I guess. And I'd be like, thanks, Beck. Um, she would read your scripts. She would read my scripts and she would make me read them out loud. She she really, you know, would read along with me about how to do this and, and was really, really incredibly supportive in these in these uh, independent studies. And so you say specs. So you were writing like, um, you know, like an episode of 30 Rock or something. Yeah, I did. I had a community spec. I had a new girl spec. I had a girl's spec. I, I just kind of like would that would be my every semester in these independent studies, they'd be like, okay, I'm writing two specs. Um, And then at one point I wrote a pilot and uh, I, while I was at Skidmore, I, one of my housemates and close friends, her uncle is a TV writer, um, Mm -hmm. a really, really amazing dude, Gary Gennetti, um, who is is the best. Yeah. The, the Gary Gennetti of the Prince Prince. goes out with Brad Jureski or is married to Brad Jureski. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Worked on uh, Modern Family, I think. Family and, like, Guy. Family yeah. Guy. Yeah. yeah Will he, and Grace. He's yeah. He's he's, he's uh, more than just some guy. Just just some fucking <laughs> dude. Gary but he's Daddy. he's but he's like a, a pal of yours. Yeah. So yeah, he's my friend. Oh uncle. my god. So, yeah. So my friend was visiting me in London when I was studying abroad, and uh-huh. he had a show there at the time. Vicious. Um, Ian McKellen, Derek Jacobi. Yes. Yes. Um, and on my 21st birthday, she was visiting for my birthday, and he, you know, we had this incredible day in London. Then we went to go see a taping of that. Wow. And I just, like, got to know him while I was in London. I hung out with him a couple times, or just, like, met, had tea with him, you know, a couple times when I was in London. And just with fangirl, Gary. Just fangirl over him. Yeah. OMG. OMG. Seriously, OMG. Um, but at the time, I was, I don't know, I was 21. And then right after I, when I, he came for graduation or something, and he was like, 
and I was like, oh, I wrote this pilot. And he was, and then a couple months later, he was like, oh, I'm in Boston. For, I had already planned on moving to LA. Yes. I was blind after graduation. And he was like, oh, I'm in Boston. I'd love to meet up. I'll read your pilot. So what? I, dude, I know. He read my pilot. I was 22. And he, I went to Starbucks with him. Uh, and he went through the pilot page by page. Like eight in the morning on a summer, a summer day, and was like when he could just be enjoying. He could be literally doing anything. (laughs) He was like, first things first, you need final draft. Like, what is you can't use Celtics? Like, you know, it was yeah. He just like gave me everything. He just was so so helpful. But he was like, you know, you can do this. Yeah. I'm reading this and I think you I, I think you absolutely can do this job. He saw a spark. He saw something. I don't yeah. know. In my dumbass. And fucking funny. And he's, he's fucking very funny. funny. He's, he's wow. incredible and he's kind and he's 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 perfect. So you were and like mom, I, I made it, like calling your family. Yes. Like, I was literally like I I'm went going back to Hollywood. home and I was like, I'm going to Hollywood, baby. It's like American I know. Yes. I'm going to Hollywood. And he was like, go to Hollywood. And so I did I moved here October 2014, a couple months after yeah. graduation. Um, and I worked some, some jobs in the industry, out of the industry, mostly out. Um, and I, you know, I was working in stores. I was babysitting. I was, I was an assistant at this, this management company that also had a show on Adult Swim, but yeah. I, you know, that didn't go in. I was not allowed in the writer's room because I was a girl, oh. kind of the, it's kind of the thing there. Um, and I was kind of just- they, Were they like, no girls allowed? It was, they were like, it's going to be really distracting. You can take out their trash at night. Um, it's going to be distracting? Whatever. Like you? Yeah. Like, like your boobs I, or something? I don't know. <laughs> it was like a room full of men. Temptress. Like, yeah, me. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely not Um but I was like, okay. it always is. It's always women's fault. It's like, always women's fault. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I quit that job. But yeah. I was, you know, just working all these bizarro jobs. And then in 2016, I, early 2016, you know, and, and the whole time I was writing and, and yeah. meeting up with Gary and he would look at my scripts and wow, I know, kind of go over them. You know, I dog sat for him. I, I you know, I would go over for dinner you know he's just a, a great with brad great with brad and gary oh my god i know it's real dumb it's they're the nicest people on earth um, oh my god it's really crazy and so in in yeah when i was 24 in 2016 i guess i just turned 24 i he was like okay so my friend is running two broke girls this season this is season six and and my friend being Michelle Nader, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, not Michael Patrick King, but no, it was it was Michelle, um, who rocks so hard, so Um, cool. And just like, you know, here's her here's her email address. She'll read your stuff. It doesn't mean anything, but it'd be cool to be read, huh? And I was like, yeah, it would be cool. Um, so I I sent in I sent in a I think I sent in a blackish spec and maybe Uh a Bob's Burgers spec and maybe my I honestly don't remember anymore. Um, and I got a meeting. I went to the Soho house with her, with Michelle and her number two. And I was like, this is so funny. I'm like skipping work to go to the Soho house. And I'm like, this is so fun. I'm never going to get this job. This is the funniest thing that's ever happened to me. What'd you wear? Did you wear a suit? I wish. No, everyone was like, it's so casual because it's LA. And I was like, I also dressed so bad. I feel like when I first moved here, because I was like 
I'm from Boston. I want to dress as well. But, you, you weren't know, wearing like, the Melrose Place um, no. flower market no, 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 attire. No, 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 no. I was wearing, I think I wore jeans and okay. a t-shirt and like a denim jacket. I tried to look cute. I think I have pictures of myself like, because you know the bathroom of the Soho suit. house. I was wearing a Canadian suit. You know the bathroom nice. of the Soho house has the vagina wallpaper? No, I've, I've been to the New York one. I, I don't okay, know yeah, the, the one I in West Hollywood one. has vagina wallpaper. It's like nice. flowers and you look at them and there's vaginas. Um, nice, have, very Jojo O'Keefe. Exactly. I definitely yeah. have a selfie of that being like, I'm here for this interview. And then I got the job and it was like, wow. so I was like in a staff meeting for this like other shitty job I had. And I was like, I got this email from Michelle being like, I got a missed call from an unknown number and an email from yeah. her being like, can you call me back? And I was like, I have to go make a phone call. And then I came back in and they, she offered me the job and I cried and I came back in and I was like, I quit. Like, fuck you guys. It's such a bad job. Um, but I couldn't actually quit. I had to work there for another couple months because I could not. But in your head, you're like, fuck but I was you. Just like, but I was like, I just got another job and I'm not going to be here for very long. Um, and yeah, that's how I got my first job. I don't know. Wow. But it was also getting that um i'm sure gary put in a really oh, good work for you you worked so hard anyway when called me yeah, yeah like i she's like now i'm passing the phone to gary yeah it you know it's all about gary i feel like gary told me this when i when i was like 22 and he was like it's opportunity meets preparedness you know yes. it's like this opportunity arose i had my scripts locked and loaded be ready i was ready yeah you just have to be ready um and I was so fucking lucky. I, I just, like, I can't, like, and, and there is a double-edged sword because then it's, like, you know, for the next couple of years, I was, like, did I only get that job because because of Gary? You know, No, you got it on your t- on your merit, on your talent. But, you know, that's what, you know, yeah. that's what you want to know. That's what you want. But there's yeah. always that thing because it was my first job. I was so young. I'd never been in a writer's room before because I was not allowed because of my breath. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And though it was a, it was like a really classic, you know, I haven't been in a room like that since I started. It was a classic network comedy room, you know. It was maybe twelve people. Because that that's where the money reside too. Yeah, baby. I still get those checks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, nice. It's it, but it was like twelve people, four women. I was the only person of color in the room. Uh. I. You know, two of the women were running the room, and then one of them was also a staff writer, and she had a yeah. writing partner who was also a white man. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really adrift while I was there. You know, there were some people that were so nice to me and so helpful. Everyone was nice. No one was mean. Everyone was, yeah. everyone was very nice to me. But I, I had no idea what was going on. Like it was, yeah. I was like, I cannot emphasize like how little I knew what was going on, which was a. It's not like you can really ask too. No, I was like, why isn't there a scene? Ah, you know, like it was like because and multicam is weird too. Like multicam's yeah. a different, a different beast. Multicam meaning like uh, for those that don't know, it's like a uh, stage. It's almost like a stage play. Exactly. Uh, si- single cam being like Parks and Rec. Yes, exactly. It's like uh, there's a show night. There's multiple cameras happening at once. Everything's set like a proscenium stage. Like it's you know all the sets are in a row. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like putting it's like theater yeah which I loved I did theater as a kid so it was it was it was this nice kind of like entryway into the business being like okay here's a familiar format 
I understand what it's like to have the audience reaction and having to build off of that and make adjustments based off of that. I understand going to rehearsals. I understand putting on a play. Yeah. So that was, that was really helpful actually to start in that format. So when you're working in like a multicam and say uh, like two broke girls there, you know, Kat Dennings is uh, delivering a joke. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get a huge laugh. So you uh, punch it up in, in real time. Yeah. And then she'll just do it again. Yeah. So I would, you know, we all, we would have our scripts, we would rewrite based off table reads and then, and then, I don't remember what night we were we were filming, but we, you know, I would come in having punched up. We all would come in having punched up the script to the uh-huh. to the night, uh, like just being like, okay, I have a feeling this joke might not play. I've got one instead, mm-hmm. and then sometimes, and then so it would like you do a take. We'd all gather around. Michelle would say like, I need a new joke here, and whoever had one had one. Or mm-hmm. and then sometimes you just come up with stuff. You know, it would it's it's improv. Some of it's, you know, on, on the page already brought, I bring it in and some of it's, you know, just like, Oh, I thought of this just now. Um, and then she does it again and then hopefully it kills and we're not there all night. (laughs) It's, I mean, she always killed. It wasn't, it was never her. It was never, it was, it's also a very different experience writing for ourselves in the room and what we think is funny and then you know this massive audience of like I don't know who comes to these things like I don't know yeah random people are I don't know who. and you can't control what they you find control, funny you can't control what they find funny you can't control if there's a language barrier you can't control like you can't control any of it um yeah which is kind of scary and fun um and then it's almost like you really earn the laugh in those kind of instances. Yeah, and it's so much based on the audience. It's like this thing that I think is so fucking funny on the page, and I think is so funny at the table read. You put it in, put it on its feet. It's funny at rehearsal. Yeah, it's funny to all the people who are at rehearsal, and then it's it does it. It dies in in front of this audience, and you're like, six, 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 six. Gotta think of something new. Um, yeah. And then it's always this weird disconnect when you watch it, you know, in person and there's this like feeling of you're all in person and you're in the room and it's, it's exciting and there's energy. And then you watch it on TV and you're like, oh, that looks really different than what it felt like in the room. And that's, can be a good thing too. It's, it's not always bad, but multicam is so, so strange. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so, okay. Um, And going back to, to Minx and Welcome to Flash. Mm -hmm. So like Minx is like single cam Mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, so it's almost like, uh, like again, Parks and Rec, kind of like a movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas Welcome to Flatch is also single camp, but then there's a, a documentary. Yeah, there's mockumentary to it. Actually, yeah. like Parks, literally like Parks and Rec. Yeah, yeah, it's, literally like Parks yeah. and Rec or like a- Abbott Elementary. Yeah, The Office. Uh, yeah, but, Feig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. But like, what's and then uh, I have to ask you about Paul Feig too. But um, what's that like? in a mockumentary because that is almost like uh because you're punching up the the jokes that where people are looking to the camera mm-hmm. but then you're also um having to punch up moments that go back to whatever they said in front of the camera like if they if yeah. uh you know William uh Sean Scott I think his name is um Sean William, Sean William Scott, Scott yeah. is yeah. saying something he's a pastor he says something about uh you know the homes like one of the one mm. of the kids um and then they're doing that thing 
is it is there any improv in that like um like how how do you how do you do it? How do you make? How do you? How do you like do it? How the fuck should I know? I don't know. No, I do know. I mean, I kind of know, but it's it's. I love mockumentary. I think it's such a fun, efficient way to tell a story. You can kind of get yeah. away and be like, yeah, here's the fucking deal. It, there's so much of that that I I love because um, it's a really great sneaky way to um, infuse exposition without yes, in, making yes. it seem forced. Very yeah. much so. Um, yeah, it's such a good sneaky way to do that. Uh, and it feels natural. Like it never feels, or if you're doing it right, it shouldn't feel clumsy. Um, it's, it's fun. You get a lot of chance to have callbacks, which is Mm -hmm. really nice because you're referring to stuff back and forth over and over again, flashing, Mm -hmm. you know, to a real time action. And then the, the kind of confessional, the, you know, two camera thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we do it. We just, we just do it. It's, it's was that so always the, the plan for it, that it was going to be a mockumentary? Yeah. So it's based on this incredibly funny show called This Country. The show is actually called This Country. Until, oh, UK. This is a UK yeah, show. UK show uh-huh. um, called This Country about like two bumbling cousins in this little British hamlet. Mm-hmm. Um and that's also mockumentary. It's it's the same it's the same format. There's also oh, okay. a caster. There's you know we we have expanded the world and definitely Americanized it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you watch this country and then watch this, you're like, okay, yeah, this is it's it's you know similar to The Office where you know there's that British sensibility of being very dry and nobody really wins at the end. And you know I think American audiences want a win and American audiences want oh something. yeah a little more um heartfelt uh other yeah. than british people um so that was more of the that was more of the challenge and more of the like fun of being like you know we would still take some of the there are still stories they're definitely like stories that were in the british version that we that we implemented in a very american way an american very like funny kind of broader american way on on welcome to flash yeah um but that's mockumentary as well Oh wow! Yeah, and so so two two connectors um, for me with uh, with Welcome to Flatch. So Welcome to Flatch is based on a UK show. Ghosts on CBS yeah. is based on a UK show. Um, both shows uh, have Emily Schmidt, Emily Schmidt as one of their writers. So you've worked with Emily Schmidt. You're oh. the second person connected to Emily Schmidt that I've talked to. I've talked to Emily Schmidt. I did. I listened um, to that yesterday on my oh, great. afternoon walk. Yay. So, so yeah, Emily Schmidt's amazing. Um, but then she's, uh, she mentored uh, a past guest that I've had, uh, Joe Mwamba. Okay. And, and then you've worked with her too on this show. Um, if someone, something like, uh, like her is that uh, she's from Minnesota. So a lot of, uh, I think that, I think the kind of stories that she's drawn to is sort of like small town life, which is kind of like, Paul Feig. Paul Feig is um, uh, a Midwesterner, also drawn to like small town stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, working with Paul Feig. Like, what's that like? Because, like, I mean, he's bridesmaids, freaks, freaks and geeks fame. Um, that was like his breakout critical achievement. Um, what's it like working? Do you, he's executive producer on both shows. 
did you have any connection with him at all? Or because he's such a, a high mucky muck, like you didn't really see him. Like you were just working with like writer's room people in, in like both situations. Yeah. So I think I'd met at FICO. I had like a general there a couple years ago. Um, yeah. And then- Does Gary know him? I don't think so. I've never talked to Gary about him. Okay. No, I don't think that, you know, honestly, I th- I feel like, welcome to Flash. How often do you one. talk to Gary? I talked to Gary last week. We're supposed to get oh my God. To coffee soon. His birthday oh my was last God. week, so I texted him. Tell him I said hi. I, I don't know him at all. He's the best. He's, he's, <laughs> like a, he's like the nicest. I actually wrote an episode of The Prince. Um, oh my God. I, this was so hilarious. Before it, was, before it was, you know, they were planning on doing a second season and he asked me to write an episode. And So there's no second season anymore? I don't know yet, but oh, okay. I, I've, I wrote the episode and it was like this oh. incredible full circle moment of like me then sitting in my apartment and on the phone with him and him going through the page script by script. The, the script OMG. page by page. I was like, Gary, we've done this before. Like it's this is like when I was twenty two, but now I'm doing it for your show. Like this is it was oh just my like god, bizarro, amazing thing. He's the best. Um, oh my god, and it's just such a funny show. I really hope that it comes back. Yeah, I do too. Um, I feel like, um, but Welcome to Flatch, mm-hmm. even more than Mad About You, I really felt was like okay, this is the one I got. Like, because I love Gary, and that was the best. You know the. I couldn't have gotten that job. I couldn't have gotten two burgers without Gary. You know, you need that foot in the I door. I need that foot in the door. But after that, I had this real complex about like, how am I going to like, you know, I didn't work for two years after two broke girls. I was like, really, I didn't know how to manage my agents. I didn't know what I, I didn't understand the industry at all. Yeah. I was, two broke girls was such a good experience, but it's not, it's, not really the tone that I find most natural. It's not yeah. like what I gravitate towards when I write. So I really t- took the time to be like, what is it that I want to do? And how do I want to write? And like, what are the stories that I want to tell? And I got really stuck. Um, and I ended up working other jobs outside the industry in the meantime, just to keep myself like sharp and like be like, I was so young. I needed to be like a person in the world, I think, before I yeah, went back some into more experience. it. I, need, I needed some more experience in such a big, like life experience. Um, yeah. And then I wrote a script that ended up on the We For She list, which is a great nonprofit that, uh, you know, features scripts, unproduced scripts by women. Um, we and For She, that's awesome. We For She, yeah. It's, yeah. it's really great. And that's how I met my managers and they kind of brought me back into the fold of the industry after a and, couple years. And you, you fired your reps? Eventually. Reps? Eventually yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, and, and they, you know, they started sending me out immediately and I ended up on, on mad about the mad about you reboot within two months of, of being with them. Um, but, and that was one where I was like, okay, I got this. This was me also. But I think for yeah. such a long time, I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, if I, like, am I, can I do this like at all? Like, can I get my job for myself? Like it really, you know, I had imposter syndrome in such a, and I still have it in root, like in yeah. such a big way. Um, but the, but so this country and welcome to flash. So I definitely had, I know I had a general mm-hmm. with a producer there at some point. And then very, I think shortly after that, had a showrunner meeting with Jenny Bix, who who ran, uh, who runs um, Welcome to Flatch, 
and yeah. make it all. And she's she's also iconic, uh, iconic storied career. Um, I th- she worked on uh, I want to say Brooke Shields' show, uh, Concrete Jungle or something. She, maybe she Sex, in the Sex City. In the City. Yeah, she worked yeah. in Sex in the City for a billion, like all of almost all of it. Yeah, um, she did a season of Dawson's Creek, which is like what I want nice. to talk about in the meeting, which I know was <laughs> Me like too. not, I was like not, that was not why I was there. Uh, Dawson's Creek has nothing to do totally pa- with this are country. Are you with team Pacey or? Of course I'm team Yes. Pacey. Okay, yes. good, good, good. We can continue talking. Yeah. All right. Um, but I think my mother-in-law is team Dawson. I'm like, what? this is why we- <laughs> Excuse me. I have a. I have to talk to your mother. I have a lot. I have your mother-in-law and I have something to discuss. Yes. Um. But yeah. So so Jenny and I hit it off, and it was a really fun meeting. And then I ended up getting that gig, and it was incredible. It was it was so much fun. It was it was so it was like such a dream. It was this was um. It's so funny that it's coming out now because we, I was in that writers' room from October, 2020 to February, mm-hmm. 2021. And the show just came out two weeks ago. Like it's, it's very, it's very bizarre. Wow. Um, yeah. So like almost a year. Yeah. And like, or, or a year basically. Yeah. A year. Um, and because of maybe Delta, Omicron, because of, been... well, they, so they shot the pilot. They'd done maybe one day on the pilot. Mm-hmm. And then everything shut down. Yeah, back in March 2020. Wow. So they so, but Jenny was back in North Carolina filming. I want to say by like March, uh, by 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 um, November of 2020. Like after okay. she'd only been writing for a little bit before she went back to North Carolina. We were all mm-hmm. on Zoom for the whole time. Um, and then after we wrapped, I was here for a little bit. I went home for a little bit and started taking meetings for my next gig. And one of them was mm-hmm. Minx. And I knew it was Feedco. I knew it was well, it's Feedco and Lionsgate. So yeah. it was both of them for both. They're both Feedco Lionsgate shows. Yeah. And I'd met with Lionsgate. It was the, it's the same. It's a lot of the same team. Mm-hmm. So I guess they liked me and that's why I got the meeting for Minx. And that's, you know, I'm in that, that and then I had it's it's crazy how you know you meet you go to these generals and you're like nothing's gonna happen from this general like you meet so many people and yeah and then all of a sudden it's like oh I just did two FICO shows I just did two Lionsgate shows I had a meeting in the features department of Lionsgate yesterday you know it's like you start to figure out like oh okay I understand what you guys do I understand what you guys do Mm-hmm. no one's telling you any of this stuff like no you have to just you learn have to as kind of go. like learn as you go and put the pieces together and like yes remember who you're meeting and and all of that um do you have like a, a a doc like a like a google doc with like people's names and and me i've i've, I've heard that like on I writer's know. panel yeah people have excel spreadsheets okay i've never made an excel i don't even know how to make an excel spreadsheet I, but yeah. All of my – I write thank you notes for all the generals I go on. Personalized notes. Personalized like, – You like, mail oh, them. Emails. Uh, emails. Emails. Uh, email. Yeah, perfect. And they all yeah. have the same subject. So if I type thank you into my sent folder, I can go back and see who I sent them to. And then I know what we talked about in the meeting because it will be in the email. 
Okay. That's All kind right. of my like nice. I like that hack. Of, like, yeah. This is how I keep track. I'd be like, oh wait, I know I met with someone at Sony. I remember they're. I'm gonna type it in and be like, okay, yeah, that's what that meeting was about. That's what we talked about. Yes. Because then usually also I can like go back to my text messages and I text my manager and be like, oh yeah, it was great. Like this is what we talked. You know, like I in my own way I can I can kind of keep track of who I'm meeting and what we talked about and not in an Excel spreadsheet way because I wouldn't I wouldn't even know how to find that on my computer um (laughs) but I'm a absolute dumbass uh I I would just end up wandering off onto like Twitter absolutely the computer is I need (laughs) I need a separate computer for work Yes, this computer can't be fun and work. I'm learning a lot about myself these days of like what I need to be successful, and it's definitely not what I my setup right now. So talk talk more about uh, learning about yourself because I find that like um, you know for me I'm I'm an emerging writer. I'm I write scripts. Um, there's this one story I'm working on about a cat lady drug dealer in Flatbush, Ooh. Brooklyn, that I'm having some trouble with, and I'm still figuring the story out. But if someone were to ask me, like, what my tone is, what what kind of stories, I mean, I, I like quirky, stylish, uh, dark comedies. How do you pitch yourself? How do you like in those two years between um, your first job and and your 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 following job? Um, what was that like for you? Because you were you were saying that you you needed that growth period, but I'm sure it was then that like you were probably trying to like fine tune your style, you know, as you find yourself. So like, yeah. How how did so like when you're in a meeting, like how do you how do you pitch yourself? Like what do you? Yeah, I mean, I I can't sugarcoat it. Those were like dark days in those two years. Yeah, I, I got, I got yeah. incredibly depressed. I I you know, I had to mess around with my meds. I, I was not happy. Um, yeah. But I think that what really clicked for me was that like, I, you know, the stories I want to tell are about that. Like I want to tell stories about black women in crisis, like, but yeah. black women in crisis who, who understand what it's like to be in crisis, who isn't, who aren't like, you know, who have a sense of humor about it because we have to, because we have to Love keep it. going to work. We have to keep yeah paying our rent. We have to keep, you know, being good, good sisters and daughters and friends. And, and we need to, more narcissists. We, we need, need more, more narcissists. This is what I'm always <laughs> saying. Colette. We need more narcissists. I want, I want that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, at that time, it's funny you say that I was thinking about this yesterday at the time, I was obsessed with Weeds, the show Weeds. Love it. Yes. Um, and that became like a real blueprint for me for, you know, the, the, the stories that I want to tell. I, I was like, I'm so fucking jealous that Nancy Botwin gets to be this selfish white lady putting her, you know, she's doing this kind of selfless thing, mm-hmm. but with this flair for the dramatic, doing it in the way that's most exciting to her. Yeah. And it's risky for everybody around her. And she's got this line that's that I think about a lot. Um, it's maybe in like the one of the later seasons where someone accused her of being selfish and not thinking about them. And she's like, that's not true. Like I think about my people all the time. I'm always thinking about my people. It just like doesn't look like it. 
and it's and that really struck me of just like this woman who you don't realize is thinking about you this but she, everything she's doing is for you but she's yeah, doing yeah all the, the drug that, dealing all the drug, yeah she has to not. keep her house somehow yeah until you get in the later seasons where it's like she's just you know doing it for her but she's so yeah, convinced the rails. that she's do is still doing it for her family mm-hmm. and that kind of glitch that's like you know this woman that thinks that she's still doing things for other people but is really doing it just to get her own kicks i'm like i've never seen a black woman do that on television no i want to i want to see that too I yeah see like that. like even break it like what you're just um describing also sounds like walter white like exactly. breaking bad exactly yeah yes like, I'm like they I want... think they're virtuous but they're but they're not yes yeah um and that i think is kind of the the story i'm always not always, but I'm often trying to tell when I'm writing, you know, mm-hmm. I'm working on an animated pilot right now that's more in the vein of like a Bob's Burgers, but mm-hmm. the the sample I have, and it's a show that I, you know, I'm trying to develop is more in that vein. It's, yes. You know, that's, that's what I, it's based off something that I wrote in that like dark two-year period that I was like, this is the story I want to tell. I think I want to tell, I want to tell the story that I didn't get to see when I was a kid. You know, I was obsessed with 30 Rock. I was obsessed with Always Sunny. I was obsessed with, I don't know. I like Twilight. Like I, you know, I like dumb shit, like not dumb shit, but I liked like, I never saw anybody remotely like me on TV. You know, I think there was such in the early aughts, we had such a limited, view of what a black woman could be um and I love that that world has opened up a little bit to an extent um Mm -hmm. I think there's still a lot of gatekeeping about who gets to tell those stories um and where they're coming from but that's what I want to do those are the stories dark comedy because I think life is funny I don't think life is either serious or or comedic I think like the characters that I love will always find the funny in their situations because that's what people do um yeah like um one of my scripts i i have um like a a military coup d'etat where in haiti where like they're trying to escape and and uh and my writing group was like but it's funny um because it sounds very dramatic but yes it, it is it's um i i believe in that too is that uh you know uh getting hit by a car like <laughs> that sounds fucking hilarious <laughs> that can be funny sometimes it can be funny i'm laughing about it um so yeah i i definitely am drawn to that too i loved um i always say i, I loved uh high fidelity that was mm. one of my favorite shows yes. um i also i have another script about squatters um in in brooklyn uh, with a, a black woman at the center and it it's set in like the early aughts so like during the time of like the strokes and mm, um yes. uh, you know all those bands Interpol. um rapture yeah. yeah um and yeah i i don't i don't see people like that a lot no we and don't I, see people like rob you know like that was like really i was like finally yeah i was also like fuck I wanted to do that but like yeah and I love I and that's the thing too like I love because also you know we're talking about the Oscars Mm -hmm. and people have been dragging Zoe Kravitz lately and I have a lot of mixed feelings but I love her I'm obsessed 
I follow her. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, I loved Kimmy. Thought it was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I love High Fidelity. Yeah. Kimmy is a lot of fun. The ending, you're just kind of like, okay. Like, because okay. it, it takes you on this thrill ride and all of a sudden it's like, um, but it, but it's cool though okay. in how it just kind of drops the, the, the floor drops from under you. But like, uh, but anyway, love her. I'm obsessed. There's something about her though. I love how she pushes for, um, these, these out of the ordinary, uh, female driven stories i don't know if they're if she's necessarily thinking about the black experience yeah but it's almost like nancy botwin where she's just like i'm always thinking about people (laughs) (laughs) always thinking about my people i'm always thinking about my people but i don't know if she's thinking about her people it's yeah as a fellow black jew Yes. Mixed girl. I know her, her sauce is different than mine. Her, you know, yeah. her combination is different than mine because both of her parents are biracial and black and Jewish. And I have, yes, I have a white mom and a black dad, but I, the past few days have been brutal for biracial yeah. people on Twitter. It's a lot of like <laughs> drag all the biracials, like these mixed girls, like Zoe Kravitz has gone down in like the light skin rankings. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Girl, I didn't know there shut was a- up. Oh. Shut up. Like you didn't need to say like she's and people have receipts. Like people yeah. are people have those that ammo loaded for her and the way you know kind of Raven Simone level. Yes. Like said kind of strange things. Kind of whack shit. She said some whack yeah. shit, but like Growing up in predominantly white spaces. Yeah, she's always been rich. And she's always been rich. She's always been famous. Yeah. That does something to you. Like, I, I, I can only speak to the first part and, like, what it is like to grow up surrounded by primarily white people. Yeah. It's not normal. <laughs> like, it's not – like, it's not – it's you, especially if, if someone had interviewed me when I was younger yeah. about my relationship to my blackness, I'd be canceled too. Like I have, I've learned yeah. so much and my life is very long and you learn a lot and like your perspective is constantly shifting. And I feel in some ways I'm like, shut up. Like I don't like what she said on Twitter the other day was dumb on Instagram was dumb, but like yeah, apparently people are assaulting people on stage now or something like that. Yeah. I know the podcast people can't see that, yeah. but I just did the jerk off motion. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, why? I don't say that. Like, but I, you know, I think she's in a, she's in a tough spot. Yeah. I don't feel bad for her, but mm-hmm. I, I think she's, it's, she's, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that she's al- aligned herself. Like, I, I feel like High Fidelity was a white production. Like, I feel Absolutely. like um, I don't I don't know if there were very many black people that worked on High Fidelity. I don't think a black person would have made the 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 her friend her. Yeah, know, that that character was not written by a black person. No. And it was they short shrift, like just uh, every every kind of thing. Uh, there was so much missing there. I would have loved to work on a show like that. Yes, I would love same. to be a part of something like that because um, it's it's it. I feel 
I felt connected to whatever they were trying to make for her. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But then at the same time, um, you know, yeah, it goes back to like, who who, who are you thinking about? Uh, also, Kimmy, too. Kimmy is, is Steven Soderbergh. I wonder what it would be like for her to work with a Janixa Bravo. Because Janixa Bravo is somebody like that who yes. um, kind of or, or Jeremy O'Harris, like mm-hmm. they kind of play in in uh, kind of gray spaces. And I love that too. I grew up, you know, Haitian, very multicultural family. Mm-hmm. I have Jewish relatives, Italian relatives, mm-hmm. uh, all Island, sorts right? of races. Long Island, yeah, baby. Hoboken. I, I, rep, I rep all the races. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, and so I, I grew up even, even the way that, um, like Haitian people view blackness and and uh, is, is also very different. So mm-hmm. I know I've I've said and I've thought weird things when, um, especially when I had just left my parents' house and then went to school in Boston. It really mm-hmm. was experiencing life outside of of those bubbles where I was like, oh, okay, I'm black too. I'm just yes. as black as this person. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. I was always taught that like, no, Haitian people are this and, and whatever. But then I'm like, no, I'm I'm just like this this guy sitting next to me. So it's like I I, I started to realize and I don't I don't think that she's had that realization as as you're saying because like she's always been rich, always been privilege Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she's auditioning and they're said you're urban and she's just like what urban it's like Alicia Alyssa Edwards in drag like back rolls yeah she's like back roll I have back rolls it's like I'm urban like how dare you my do you know who my father is my mother um so it's just like I I think that that's shocking for her I think that that it's it's in the spotlight that she's been confronted with her blackness um which is not a position that anybody should be like being being, she didn't have that grace that we did no she did not and like I I don't know about you, but I needed that grace in a big yeah. way. Like I needed that. Like I think I, this is, I, it's still something I, I, I'm working through. And like, you know, I, I can't imagine how many times I would have been canceled <laughs> yeah. for things that I said when I was 18, you know, like that sucks, but I liked her dress. I loved her dress. I loved her dress. I loved I, it. it was Audrey Hepburn. I thought it was, I thought it was chic. I thought beautiful. it was nice. Beautiful yeah. gowns. Beautiful, beautiful gowns. <laughs> Beautiful. It always goes back to that. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. I I love Zoe. She'll be fine. Um, She'll be fine. She didn't. She didn't slap anybody. So never. <laughs> not on camera not like on camera. that. Not on camera. No. Um. So, uh, I'll. I want to. I have to let you go. Um. I've spent. I've taken up so much of oh your God, time. No, you're good. I feel this like I did not answer epic. enough of your questions. I feel like I. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm still confused about staffing season, but it's okay, like, me, but the I, thing is, is that you have to just be writing. You have to yeah. be just writing your ass off, and you have to have somebody that like gets you in somehow. You have to have someone, you know, you, you that believes to, in you. You have to have someone that believes in you. Like I don't know anyone who's gotten a job without that you know like without someone who who really believes in them but I also think like staffing season isn't it's all year round now you know I yeah I've gotten jobs at all times of the year at this point I've gotten you know development opportunities at all times of the year Mm -hmm. it's not 
it's not so cut and dry anymore. Even from when I, I started working a couple, like in, in 2016, like everything, everything is different. COVID made everything different. COVID made everything harder. Um, but I, I think it's opportunity meets preparedness. You know, you have to be ready. You have to be writing. You have to be, you got to stay sharp. <laughs> yeah. And you have to remember that like, you know, this is something that I remind my, I was just journaling about this the, like last night, like you're, if your life changes, your, your life can look completely different next week. Yeah. Whether or not you're on a show or not, whether or not you're developing or not, things change so fast. What is being asked of you at work can change, can be, can change so fast. And it's mm-hmm. about staying flexible and like, being able to rise to the occasion of whatever you're being asked to do, I think in such a big way. And, and if something isn't working and if you're not having an amazing time, just know that like, it's not like we're, we're accountants, you know, it's not like we're, we have jobs where it's like, you know, here's your job and this is what you do every day and you do it till you die. Like everything's a contract, everything ends, everything. It's all, and that used to really freak me out. Like the idea that like there is no stability, there is no routine, there is no guarantee. Yeah. You know, I'm a person that really likes that kind of stuff, but it's really forced me to find that in other areas of my life and just know that like my career is always going to be a little bit up in the air. Because you're constantly having to chase that next opportunity. Yes. And you're constantly being asked to produce different kinds of things, especially, you know, at this point in my career, I'm, I'm, I'm developing a lot and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, working, I'm starting to work in features a little bit. And I also still want to staff and that's really, it's all very frenetic and it's all very like everything change. I can't, it's like everything changes really fast. And, you know, in one day I might work on three different things. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, I might not work on anything because I'm waiting on notes or I might only be working on one thing. And that used to really not work for me. And I couldn't figure out how to find a way to make it work for me. And I think the only thing to do is like find that stability outside of this industry where you can. Like uh, stability, like in like flower arranging or like, um, like how, like in, cause I, I get it too. The defensive thinking, it can pop up at any time. Like, you know, how, how do you stay grounded? Like, yeah. What, what do you, like you do the flower arranging? Do you like meditate? Are you doing affirmations? Are you lighting sage? I'm lighting sage. I'm definitely lighting sage. (laughs) Um, I think it's it's really really hard, you know. The last two rooms I've been been on Zoom, yeah. And I my apartment is like open. I've got my bedroom with this door that closes, and then the bathroom mm-hmm. has a door that closes. But everything else is completely open concept. So I work from my kitchen table where I can see my kitchen, I can see my desk, I can see my couch from all of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having a way to at the end of the day, at the end of the work day, to be like okay, that's over. I'm going to sage a little bit. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to take a walk and then I come back. And this is no longer my workspace. Yeah. That's really reset. Resetting is really important because I think I spent the first couple months of my last job just being like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go sit on the couch till I go out later. And that 
really made me crazy. Like that's not good for me. I think what I'm learning is that I need a two bedroom apartment. I need an office. Like I need, yeah. I need a way to literally close the door on the day. Um, yeah. Cause you, we, we have to shut our brains off and it not just like go to sleep, but just like, just relax and just be quiet. Yeah. Which is hard, especially when you're on a show. Cause you're getting emails and stuff later in the night, you're getting stuff. You might have to open up your computer later in the day. And it's really hard to bring that same computer over to the couch to like go online shopping and then get an email and be like, okay, I have to do punch up now. Yeah. Am I going to go back over there? I'm going to it's just like physically having those boundaries is very, very helpful. And that's something I know I need to work on. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and verbalize it too. Like I'm sure it's kind of hard to say I'm not available at this time. It's impossible. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know how to do that yet. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I definitely don't know how to do that yet. I don't know how to like gauge whether an email at 9 p.m. that I get is something I need to respond to. Right? You know, it's it's like when is my time? Well, that's when Gary comes in. That's, that's when Gary, Gary comes question. in. Exactly. That's a Gary question. Um, I also am horrific at asking for help. Yes, my problem too. I am. I am like. Uh, that's why I'm in therapy that's why I'm in therapy this is literally what I spoke about yesterday to my therapist in in relationships in in friendships in romantic relationships in in any I'm I'm extremely independent and asking for help you know I have been in situations that have been bad with with in, in this industry and I've really cut my nose despite my face by not asking for help and just being like, yeah. I'm just going to power through and like, this is a fucked up situation and I'm just going to do it till it's yeah. done. And then I'll That's ask for help. That's how I grew up. That's, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, or just, or just realizing that like, you know, at some point you might be alone, so you should figure it out. Yeah. Be prepared for that. So, you know, don't ask for, figure it out. Um, and I, and that's bad. Don't do that. Ask for help. The people that, and, and, you know, I, my, my reps have to tell me over and over again, like I've heard them, I think the thing they say the most is like, okay, you should tell us next time if that happens. Mm-hmm. If that. Cause you, you alluded to that too, learning how to manage your, your agents more. Yeah. And, yeah. and being able to rely on them. Cause I can't even imagine someone, someone looking for jobs for me or, or calling, like, I, I'm, I'm just like, that's okay. I'll do it. Exactly. Don't worry yeah. about it. No, it's very nice to be able to be like, okay, that's your guys's thing. I'm just, you know, it's, it's the best thing in the world to be like, okay, so my job is to write. Yeah. Like my job is to, you know, be a, be a good person and be good in these meetings and, and make the connections I make and, and write. And your job is to make the phone calls, which is great. Cause I hate. I hate making phone calls. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, being able to like trust the people around you that they, when they say they want to help, they do want to help mm-hmm. is a big part of it also. Take the help. Take the help. Ask for the help when it's it, – when it, when when you need the help. I, that's yeah. something I'm still learning. Yes. Thank you so much. So thank uh, you. I hope this was helpful and not. This all has over the been place. amazing. Was... Can I ask you one last question? What course. is making you happy these days? What is making me happy these days? What is making me happy these days? Um, my dad just sent me one hundred dumplings. 
Ooh, um, chicken, pork, chicken, shrimp, pork, vegetable. He, he made them? No. He very randomly was like, oh, you got to check out this restaurant in Washington State. And I was like, okay. And then a week later, he was like, do you have a bamboo steamer? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then a week later, he was like, okay, you'll be receiving a bamboo steamer and 100 dumplings. You have to have a dumpling party with 10 of your friends. Everyone gets 10 dumplings. And, and I sent you many sauces. So now what? I've got a, now I have a hundred dumplings in my freezer, and I, I have to. That have should have been party. an episode in Sex and the City. <laughs> that should have been like something Mr. Big did, but but he didn't. Yeah, but, but, he, like, but it was your dad. Your dad my, did that. My dad. That's so amazing. So these dumplings, and and uh, that's that's making me happy these days. Shallon bao, like the soup dumpling, yeah. or these are oh wow. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They arrived in like fifteen pound boxes of like uh, dry ice last week. Or the other day. Do you, do you have the space for that? Yeah. He was like, he called me the day before. He's like, clean out your freezer. <laughs> like, you're going to need some space. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's making me happy these days. Oh, what a nice daddy. Yeah. What's making you happy these days? Thank you for asking. Um, I started doing Pilates. Mm. Uh, and I that has been interesting. That's an interesting journey. I was just like, oh, hey, Mr part of my abs I never felt before like I, I feel like a kind of stretching elongating uh-huh. um, so that's that's been that's been quite nice uh, I've been watching Bridgerton and I'm just like get to the get get to the fucking they haven't done that yet I heard <laughs> they just kissed like fucking this season this they just kissed yeah. so I'm like okay it's very romance it's very like uh, long stairs and <gasps> there's a bee on me and and then he <laughs> I love him Anthony Bridgerton oh, oh my god I was like stop yeah, yeah. I mean but like but I love him though but just like he makes these faces and um his eyes his nose no nostrils flare anyway that's making me happy I need Thank to watch you, this season. I need to watch yeah. I haven't watched yet yeah I yeah. never I'm really bad at telling them all apart I, last season I was like they look exactly like Benedict and Anthony you're all Bridgertons yeah your name well, is Bridgerton. Your name is Bridgerton. Your name is Bridgerton. Because they, she just happened to have seven kids and, and not die of childbirth. Like she survived childbirth sure. to yeah. have seven kids. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. And uh. And they're all really good looking and have their teeth and and they they <laughs> all like in England yeah. and they all like um are are eligible bachelors except for like the the really young ones. Yeah. 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 Um, but Anthony is um in love with Kate Sharma. Um, but oh, yes. then like the yeah, girl from Sex yeah. Education. Yes, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. That also oh that that's I made love. me happy. Oh. Such a great show. Such a good show. OMG. Um, but yeah, so she so she's amazing in it, and uh they, they have a little fire. They have it's it's like Jake Johnson and that secretary in Minx. Ooh, it's ooh, just ooh, like ooh. that that chemistry just popping. Okay, you know what's gonna happen so like i'm i'm almost i'm almost there um they just kissed finally so we'll see what happens okay i'm gonna watch yes so it's it's lovely meeting you, you i too. hope we keep in touch yes i would love to let's go to pilates where are you going to pilates yes um platinum pilates okay. in a in a it's a, on the west side fantastic okay well yeah we'll talk i i haven't been to pilates yes years, i would love to go back yeah, I don't look at me as I'm don't doing it because I'm either. not the don't look, I'm no, no, not the no, model. No, 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 no. I don't look you will at me. mess up. 
don't look at me ever. <laughs> I, that's how I live my life. Is people just be like, please don't look. At me. <laughs> don't look at me like a blue velvet. Yeah, exactly. Um, mama, mother. Um, that was a great movie. So good. Okay. All right. Thank you so thank much. You I'm going to so sign much. out. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. Bye.